0: Welcome to the Neo Geo Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue our discussion of the Wu style of Tai Chi. We look at uh, Wen Zi's book. Uh, Wen Z was a student of Ma Yue Liang. In our extended episode on the Patreon, uh, we go into the fight between Wu Jianchuan's son and another boxer, which you can uh, find on YouTube. Uh, Then we return to Baiwa's interpretation of the Tai Chi classics, where he discusses the well-known classic of Four Ounces Defeats 1000 Pounds, although he gives some slightly different interpretations of how to go about that. And again, in the Patreon episode, there's a bit more about uh, long forms versus short forms when it comes to martial arts. And finally, uh, on the Patreon episode, we continue our discussion from the 1994 Chi Journal interview with Bruce. And he gives a little bit of the history of Nadon. And then we get to nearly the end of the 100-character tablet with Biwa, and we talk about the self-drinking wine. And since we're getting near to the end of the uh, 100-character tablet, we're going to release the interview we did with Bruce before we started doing the podcast about the 100-character tablet. Uh, so you can go over to the Patreon and check that out. So again, thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support, and take care of yourselves.
1: Today, we're gonna to keep looking at the Wu style of Tai Chi. Lately, we've been talking about Chen Yu, the, um, and his son, Wu Jian Chuan, from whom the Wu style Tai Chi is most well-known these days. Um, so I wanted to pull a little something from Dr. Wen Zi's book, Wu style Tai Chi Chen: Ancient Chinese Way to Health, um, from 2002. One of the students of Yang Jianho founded the Athletic Research Association in Beijing. He invited Yang Shaoho and Yang Chengfu, the next generation of Yang brothers, who are both the sons of Yang Jianho, as well as Wu Jianquan, the son of Chen Yu, to teach Tai Chi at the Institute. This heralded a new era of allowing the public to learn Tai Chi Chuan openly and easily. Previously, Tai Chi was only taught to a limited group of apprentices in a traditional Sifu disciple relationship. Um, So then he shows that picture of the original graduating class he says it's the graduation ceremony for the first Tai Chi class of the Athletic Research Institute in Beijing, um, and it's that uh, picture of the Wu style graduation. You know, you know that one, Isaac? Yeah, it' right on my wall. Right, you got it on the wall right there. It's taken in 1914. Um, it's got the first Westerner supposedly ever did. Right, so do Wu Jianquan is in there in the middle, sort of like a big square headed guy. That that could definitely be him. There could be other famous people in this picture as well. Um, Right. The person seated on the far right is in the same row. is believed to be the first Westerner to learn Tai Chi in China. He says, uh, um, this first Westerner's name was William or Williams, and he was from America, but little else is known about him. So that's that little secret history of American Tai Chi. Right, and he's wearing a dapper-looking white suit. Right. He looks like just your average Midwestern guy. So here's what he says about Wu Jianquan. Uh, as habits and lifestyles changed in the new society, both Wu Jianquan and Yang Cheng Fu modified their Tai Chi, which had been passed down from their families. So, what they did is they omitted some of the jumping, stamping, and repetitive motions and made the form much softer, slower, more natural, and strictly centered. It was easier to learn and much more beneficial in its health effects. Tai Chi was originally performed very rapidly. The fast form of Yang style as performed by Yang Shaohe, took only three minutes, and the fast form of the Wu style as performed by Ma Yue Liang took only five minutes. Um, he says, Yang Chengfu's large size made his movements very open, stretched out, and generous in appearance. This style of movement is apparent from pictures of his performance. The Wu style, on the other hand, is natural and precise while maintaining a strict center. And so he mentions like the, a lot of the other stories that in the early 1930s, both Yang Cheng Fu and Wu Jianren moved from Beijing to Shanghai and popularized Tai Chi in the South, in uh, Guangzhou, Hong Kong, and Macau. Um, but yeah, so what they did to modify it was take out stamping, jumping, and some of the repetitions, make it softer and slower. So that soft Tai Chi that we know may very well be a product of Wu Jianren and Yang Cheng Fu and In the 1930s. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely where it was popularized. I mean, I
0: think it it predated them, but it, it definitely was... That was when, you know, I mean, basically it was no longer necessary really to have as many martial arts for fighting because, you know, guns and things like that. Sure. So... The more important, you know, thing or the more marketable thing to do with, with Tai Chi, especially was to market it as a, you know, health and self-cultivation practice. Right. That was also a martial art, right? So the martial art part of it was kind of.
1: Secondary. Yeah.
0: Well, I was going to say sort of like it was, it was more done as the advanced practice. Right. So you had to, you had to go through the basic stuff and just do the health and, you know, regular old, you know grandma tai chi first and then if you were good enough you you know kind of get in the applications you know that westerner club. came in
1: 1914 so that's before they changed the form kind of right, right, I mean? right that's no, 20 is, years that's before very early, uh, yeah so i wonder what his training was like you know compared to 100 years later when we were practicing here and no, no interesting idea. yeah i mean how did they do it it's like Hard to picture. without well, that I mean, super that, you know, that's where form so key to it.
0: Everybody, you know, well, not everybody, but lots of schools will say, "Oh, well, you know, we do the you know older version of fill in the blank form, and you know the more popular one is the newer version, or you know, and it's like there's no way to trace any of this stuff really because they didn't have. Videos of it, or right, it's hard to tell, didn't even really have pictures of it until right. the 20s and 30s. So,
1: especially in like English language, you know, if whatever analysis there is is pretty
0: right, but even in the Chinese <clears> books, <throat> you know, they didn't start having pictures in those books until the 20s, I think, you know, I mean, like, some that's like sure, so, that's why 70. Sun Ludong's books were so they were groundbreaking, first, yeah. right? Because they had pictures to go along with right? the descriptions, and you weren't yep. just trying to figure it out from some weird two-dimensional drawing that looks like one of your notebooks you know right. it's like what is this a lot worse yeah your notebooks are quite good
1: just. all right so here's a little bit more from Zi. says master wu jian chuan lived from 1870 to 1942 he was the son of chuan yu a low-ranking military officer in the manchurian army of the Qing dynasty chuan yu learned from yang lu chan who held a position in the royal army as a martial arts teacher yang had three students named wan Chun, lin san and chuan yu whose studious ways allowed them to attain the essence of his skills. All were Manchurian, and it was said that each acquired one characteristic skill from their teacher. Respectively, these were an energetic style, an offensive style, and a neutralizing style, which were described as the muscles, bones, and skin of the human frame. So they're attributing Chen Yu as to having the neutralizing. Right, so they give a
0: slightly different reason for his stuff being...
1: uh special or different right. right these are different uh so the the, energi- the one has this extra chi one is more it has more offensive power and the other one is neutralizing right and the other version was like hard soft and changing power mm, right? right but yeah regardless there's something about those three guys had something special it says master wu jen was disciplined in martial arts by his father when he was very young during the long years of practicing and teaching, he revised and enriched the Tai Chi handed down from his family. He omitted some of the repetitions and stamping and jumping movements from the traditional forms to make them smoother and more structured. The fast form of the Wu style, on the other hand, kept the original jumping, attacking, and stamping movements. So that reminds me of that the school of Ma Yue Liang, I believe they have the fast form, right?
0: Yeah, there's a few schools that have fast form, but I don't um, you know, again, you have to wonder is it a fast form that they created or one that was the original quote unquote fast form who knows who came first or whatever
1: yeah i could see different forms being handed down over time
0: most of the fast forms i've seen they don't you know i mean they just kind of seem like if you speed the form up a little bit and do it with a bit more uh stamping stamping, jumping. flicking, you know, like a bit just flashier movements basically, right? So right. it's, it's like a bit, kicks yeah, a little bit more athletic, a little bit yeah. more, you know, kind of showing off the the athleticism of it, not just the the slowness and the smoothness of it. Right. But you can, you know, you can google Seems like
1: a good combination.
0: You can google Woo fast form and I think there's two uh-huh. or, there's two or three different versions uh-huh. that pop up, you know, and it's sort of like Yeah, I mean, I've
1: never I've never checked that out. Um, so in 1928, that year again comes up, Master Wu Chen moved from Beijing to Shanghai to popularize Wu-Style Tai Chi. From there, the art spread to the southern provinces, um, and the Shanghai Chen Tai Chi Association was founded in 1932. Unfortunately, Master Wu Chen died in 1942, which marks a great loss to the world of Tai Chi. Now, I wanted to... There were a couple stories I we missed out of the uh, classical northern Wu-Style Tai Chi trend by tina Jong and frank allen now we had heard a different version of this previously but i thought it was worth taking a look again at sort of legends of tai chi so he says among their palace guard students the yang family developed three outstanding martial artists wan chun developed a high level of fa li the yang or outward aspects of tai chi chen ling shan was known for his skill in the strength of liu the drawing inward techniques of the art A guard named Chuan Yu was the best student of the Yang family, and by studying arduously with both Yang Luchan and Yang Ho, Chuan Yu became adept at the techniques of switching from outward hard energy to inward soft energy. This was known as transformational energy and was considered the highest level of the Yang family art. All three of these men were hardened Manchurian warriors, whose job was to protect the persons, possessions, and real estate of the royal family. Hmm. Here he describes as okay, so Fa Li, that's the...
0: That's the hard I Right, mean, that's the hard, that's right? The, he's, yeah. he's
1: attacking there The other one's known for Liu, the drawing in That's, that's the soft yin. And then, you know, Chen Yu's here is being said to kind of have both He's got the ability to switch back and forth all fast
0: Right, which is kind of like the the Bagua kind of approach to Tai Chi, right? It's it's not the yin or the yang It's the line down the middle, right? It's about changing from yin to yang Not being yin or yang
1: Yeah, I like the sound of yeah. that That sounds like very flexible so, he says a little more. Chen Yu's top students were his sons, Wu Jian and an, another student known as Wang Mao Zai. Right. Um, Wu Jian moved south, and along with Yang Jianho's third son, Yang Chengfu, developed the concept of Taiji Chen practice as a health art. This development brought thousands of students to these masters and made them very rich men. Even though Wu Jian and Yang Chengfu became the fathers of, Wu, of Taiji Chen as a health art, both of these masters were also known for their martial skill.
0: Yeah, they were kind of seen as the um, the first ones to take it from just being about, you know, fighting and right. being bodyguards and street fighters and this sort of thing to being okay, now it's about, you know, self-cultivation, spreading the art so that we can help society get more advanced and you know expanding awareness of Chinese native Chinese born arts that are good for people right you don't need to go to India and do yoga or go to America and do calisthenics we got it right here all packaged up in our you know beautiful art called Tai Chi Trent
1: yeah so the last thing is one last uh mention of the three main students and the way he puts it here is he says Wan chun had the hardest folly ling shan threw people the furthest and chuan yu had the best neutralizing skill later Chen yu developed his own taiji chun style a transformational form that came to be called wu style taiji chun right so it's so in here Chen nah, yu has the best neutralizing which isn't that different.
0: I mean, I guess right. if you're going to talk about hard, soft, and neutralizing, that's not that different than well, talking Well, Ling Shan,
1: like, who was supposed to be the soft, he threw people the furthest. Mm. That's an interesting interpretation of the guy who was the softest. Maybe he used Liu to yank them backwards and send him flying. Or he
0: suckered them in and got them to fall on their faces and just threw <laughs> them you know, when they were falling. But, yeah, I mean, I that. always wonder you know, when they say, well, this guy was the best at that because who's... You know who's judging this, right? Who's I mean, there? That you know, means that means somebody had to have I'd met. I'd like to
1: think there's a grain of truth in there somewhere, right?
0: But I mean, somebody who had to have met all three guys and made that comparison. Right. I'm like, who made? You know, I'm, that's the guy I want to hear from. You know, like, right? Who was the Who was the Jess O'Brien of the time <laughs> that went around with his little notebook, kind of doing his book about all the masters?
1: All right, now back to the Tai Chi Chuan treatise. Um, from the Tai Chi classics. So we left off with uh, describing the ability to um, absorb and react and have great sensitivity, and that's the way to achieve uh, invincible boxing skills. Um, And so then I guess the, the book goes on to talk about, okay, that's the characteristics of this school's boxing. What about these other schools? So basically there's lots of other schools of martial arts, each of which has its own characteristics. However, one thing they all have in common, the powerful man overcomes and defeats the weak, the slow hands lose to the fast hands. So what Bai Hua says is, everyone knows the strong force will defeat the weak and the slow hands will lose to the fast, but this has nothing to do with the knowledge of the correct use of physical strength. This is also the fundamental difference between the so-called internal martial arts and external martial arts, and has little to do with the tricks and forms of the action.
0: Right. So he's basically saying that like the difference between Tai Chi and most other martial arts is that it's not relying on just being faster and stronger than the other person. That it's about, you know, being able to overcome the fact that you're slower and weaker than someone. Mm. And,
1: and that's what this whole list of things we've been learning about. about right. And you do that. Yeah. their force right. and not leaning and all that. All the alignments and all that kind of stuff. Right,
0: you do that by following the previously mentioned rules of you know the Tai Chi classics, right?
1: Right. And I mean, it's no easy thing to be slower and still beat someone to the punch. That's you get, that takes a lot of skill to pull off.
0: Well, you're not. You have to change what you're doing and not try to beat them to the punch, right? So instead of trying to be faster from you know, point A to point B, you learn how to be faster at touch. So you don't move until they touch you. And then when they touch you, you move in a way that they don't get to... Their force doesn't land on you, right? So it's 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 fast in a different way, um, you know.
1: Because you're not trying to beat them in a speed contest. you got to be a little smarter. No, yeah.
0: it's not. It, yeah, you're beating them in a sensitivity contest, right? So you're not beating them from... Um, the point where your hand is at your shoulder to the point where you touch the other guy's hand, you're beating them from the point where when you touch hands to when something hits you in the face, right? So the idea is if I can use your forward momentum against you, I barely have to move because you're just right. going to fall into my hand, right? right. And this is the you classic, catch him at just throw right a moment. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's, you know, it's a different kind of strength, right? It's still, so
1: that moves us to the next thing that he says. So he's, so the next piece of the Taiji Chen Lun says, if we do a careful analysis of the proverb four ounces defeats 1000 pounds, it does not advocate using force to defeat others. He explains it by saying this proverb manifests the results of applying Taiji Chun's principles. It's a higher manifestation of the method of taking his flexion and extension as my flexion and extension. It is also the concrete manifestation of the principle of making the body function like a scale. So in other words, you're standing in a balanced posture to produce a balanced scale in response to pressure from the outside.
0: Um, so this is expanding on the idea of the previous one, right? So, you know, the idea that if they stretch their arm out, you bend it, yours, and if, you know, they bend their arm, you stretch yours. Now you're getting into, well, if there's actual pressure coming on to your body, and you're not able to just escape it entirely, you have to apply this thing of, you only let them get, you know, the tiniest little bit of pressure on you so that, Even if they have a thousand pounds behind it, none of it's landing on you, right? None of it's getting past your shirt was, was the way it was always put to me, you know, that they touch your shirt and before your shirt touches your body, you're moving, right? But you don't do anything until they touch your shirt.
1: Part of it. Yeah. And so he can, he talks about making the body like one of those old fashioned scales. So the more you press down on one side, the more comes up the other. So it's in response to what comes at you. Mm -hmm and he keeps explaining it to say that <clears throat> after being properly adjusted in accordance with the effect of the earth's gravity it's possible for one to display 4 ounces defeats 1000 pounds instead of relying on brute force to win so there's a gravitational element to it as well well that's that falling thing of,
0: of if you can catch their body when it's kind of right. slumping forward cuz they no longer have control of their center and they're just kind of pulling forward or falling forward that's your best chance to, you know, exploit this. And imbalance. also if someone
1: tries to shove you, if you're not grounded, you'll, you can't change with the force. You're just going to get toppled over. You won't be able to move and, right. you know, deflect that, that with four ounces. If you're, if you're too light and just sort of fluffy, you'll get knocked over. So you've got to have some interaction with the gravitational direct of that downward direction to balance your upward block. Anyways, that's very Tai Chi, you <laughs> know. Once again, it's like just returning again and again to the idea of you just can't conflict, you can't clash. You've got to find that little point right where you can catch them off guard.
0: Your goal is not to try to get faster and stronger physically. Your goal is to get more sensitive and uh, you know more jong ding in a sense, right? And and more able to Use these different forces and different body mechanics and rely on that, not just on how fast and how hard you can throw a
1: punch. So he expounds on that by saying the theory of Tai Chi is that yin and yang are in harmony with each other inside the same body. I and the opponent also belong to the relationship between yin and yang. Once there is contact, it could be regarded as both of us being the same body. Therefore, The dominating side can take the initiative to adjust the interaction between yin and yang, the space, distance, and energy. So he's saying here that this yin and yang could be within myself, or it could be used to describe the interaction between two people of, uh, you know, the forces going between them, one being yin, one being yang at any given time. Right, so, I mean,
0: he's just repeating the same
1: basic thing over I, and over. I like the is, idea of the, the, the yin and yang is two people now instead of just one.
0: Right. So you form n- one body. Right now, the yin and the yang isn't your two hands or your two mm-hmm. sides or your top and your bottom. It's the motherfucker coming at you and you. Right. So you know the, again, this is that thing. If if he's coming forward, you're moving back, right. and if he's moving back, you're moving forward. The thing that, that that's in there that's, that's, I think, not always clear from the writings is, again, it's about this enticement, right? So, on the way in, uh, you're just ahead of them going back, right? So, I'm going back and person's coming forward. And you're just ahead of them so they can't land on you. And then when they, you know, realize they didn't get anything and they pull back you flip it around and now you're just ahead of them on the other way. So they're essentially pulling you into them even faster, right? So again, the the real art is in making that flip from when you're going away from them to when you're going towards them. And in both cases, you're ahead of them.
1: So he says, when I sense that it's beneficial to my side, I destroy my opponent's balance by using the skill of four ounces defeats 1,000 pounds to beat him and make him unable to fight back. In fact, that is because the opponent lacks the foundation of balance. He has the power, but the power cannot be used in combination. He's finally dragged down by his own power. Right, so right at that
0: moment when their punch gets to its most extended, you know, if they don't pull back, or if you're able to catch them before they pull back, you know there's this is the gap this is where they fall forward they've got the
1: power but they can't you're right out of reach so the power can't quite
0: you know again the the, the, i I keep using this word enticement because that's that's what it is it's just this like it's this irresistible thing that you just want to put your hands on so you want to get it that's the only way i can describe it is it's that feeling in you when you know you're just like, I want to get this guy, you know? And that, and, and I got him. It's like you catch them thinking, I got you. And you're like, Oh, now I got you. And and this is, you know, this is the like, "Ha, ha ha thing of, of when you really figure out how to, um, catch that gap it's like it, it, you know and it just leaves the person dumbfounded a lot of the times because it's so well it's
1: it's super apparent when you're doing like push hands or row show with somebody who's just learning and they're finally got it they're like oh now they can pressing your arm with both their hands going yes got you and you just use like a rolling move and it comes swinging back with a big swap and it's like sure. damn it you know like i had him yeah it's a lot easier awesome feeling. you know it's a
0: lot easier when the person coming at you doesn't know your
1: tricks though. right so the next section goes like this. Consider a situation that an elder person in his 70s or 80s successfully defends against many people. If he only relies on speed, how fast can it be? So that's another Tai Chi mystery. How does this old, unassuming old guy defending himself successfully against many people?
0: Right, well, and basically saying an old guy's not going to do it with speed, right? Because mm-hmm. he not, doesn't have speed. I mean, it's, you know, so that's kind of the
1: the ultimate test basically can an older person win because when you're old as someone who's turning 50 uh in a few days (laughs) not quite as fast as i may have once been
0: right and even if you are fast if you're smarter you know you can you can use less of you you don't need to rely on it i mean doesn't me again doesn't mean you don't have it it's it's just not your
1: main thing right so he Bayha says here says the method of taking his flexion and extension as my flexion and extension, is uh, is used to achieve four ounces defeats a thousand pounds. But it also produces a relative difference of time, due to the change in the relative distance of the relative space. So he's saying the same concept of borrowing their thrust, their pulling and pushing, um, it can it can make it change time itself kind <clears> of <throat> by changing the relative distance. So. He used the example of two runners running to the same point that's between them. But then one of the runners moves the the target closer to himself, so makes it not only closer for him, but further for the other guy to get there. So in other words, he's basically cheating.
0: Yeah, again, I'm, it's again, it's that enticement thing, right? Mm-hmm. The other guy thinks he's getting to the the, the finish line, right. and then
1: you are pulling you, it towards you.
0: You pull that finish line, and he's like, "Wait, I gotta keep going!" So he starts going faster, and then you know that's when you you, you, you whoop.
1: so he says, "If I I move the center prior to if I move the center point to 80 meters away from the opponent and only 20 meters away from me." At this time I only need to run for four seconds. The opponent needs to run for eight seconds. Therefore I will arrive earlier than the opponent.
0: Right. This is this is what I was saying before about it's it's not the speed from the beginning of the race to the finish line, it's the speed from wherever you are to you know you move the finish line a couple of yeah, inches away from you line. and then there it is, right? So But this this goes to that idea of, of folding and sort of pulling yourself into the person as they push mm. on you. Right. Because they're going to feel like, you know, you're closer and closer to them. And then all of a sudden, you know, that is going to be a bad thing. Right. The same goes if you're, pu- you know, if you're doing your rollback and they they think I got him, I got him, I got him at a certain point, you're so far away, they can't reach you. And then they realize well, this is a bad thing. Right. Right. It so, was
1: going great until all of a sudden
0: Right, this is the, you know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the head, right? You you, you think you, you know, you, you're essentially messing with the person's, the person's body's expectation of what is going to happen in terms of gravity, right? So the person's expectation essentially is that there's going to be resistance. There's going to be something to yeah. stop their, mom, their yeah. forward momentum, right. right? Like
1: the door that suddenly opens that we keep talking exactly. about. It's like you just... It does something to your brain when that fall the rug comes out from under you.
0: So in a sense, the harder and faster they come at you, the better because you know then you really only have to move the finish line a tiny little bit, right? If they're smart and they're you know coming in carefully and and looking for an angle as opposed to just trying to use brute force, you know, so they can still be using force, but it's it's not brute force; it's smarter force, right? It's they're trying, you know, they're they're not doing. Uh, um, you know, uh, just a straight punch. They're they're looking for an angle. They're they're dancing around. They're you know they're still not fig. You know, not messing with you on a contact level, but they're just not st- You know, coming at one angle, right? Mm. Then you have to be a little bit smarter about you know where's the thing coming from, and you know you have to a more m-
1: proficient opponent. pretty Yeah, much.
0: essentially, I mean, but but the principle doesn't change. You just have to be better at it, right? right. So it's not going to just be at one the angle coming towards you. It's going to be coming from the side or from the back or from two different angles. And so, you know, this is why, this is why you have more movements in the long form essentially, hmm. because those teach you how to do the variations. Right. And even that doesn't teach you all the variation, but it gives you a better repertoire of, you know, um, well what do you do if they punch at your head and or what do you do if one guy's coming from over here and one guy's coming from over there and you know, kinda get a little bit more of right.
1: that? Get more way more variety, which should inspire yeah. you to then
0: Where on. but but the but the principles are in the first, you know, five movements, right? So right. it's Right. Like a like, short
1: form can give you those principles, but you need a long form to give you all the different examples that inspire you.
0: The techniques of the applications right. are in the long form, yeah.
1: So he ends with So, if you see a relatively weak and relatively slow old man over 80 years old who can resist several young guys, it shouldn't be surprising.
0: Right. Don't mess with the little old guy who's not (laughs) afraid of the young guys. (laughs) All right, man. All right. Good talking to you. Good one. Hey, folks. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Just a quick reminder to go to the Patreon and check out the interviews as well as the bonus episodes. Uh, you can also go to our Instagram and our Facebook page. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves.